0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, the random topic podcast where we take a topic each week and as the name suggests, we cast our views. Your hosts for the next, I don't know, 45 to, to 60 minutes are gonna be me, Dan. And me, Lou. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um shave my head completely,
1: as Dan's probably <laughs> I seeing. He's, can not, see that. he's not referenced it yet, but I look like I may maybe I think the references that I get when I cut my hair like this are Sinead O'Connor. And then what's that film with Harry Potter where he doesn't play Harry Potter? He plays like bloody undercover cop or, or Agent 47, maybe.
0: <laughs> you're giving me actually, do you know what? You're, you're giving me strong Vincent D'Onofrio vibes. A little bit in, um, You're not as bi- you're, you're nowhere near as big as his character, but Kingpin, when he plays Kingpin in Daredevil. I can see you're Googling that, aren't you? I am Googling it because, you know, I've got no idea who Dan's on about. (laughs) Yeah, you give it. Oh, no, don't say you don't know who he is.
1: Um yeah, um slightly offensive I would say from Dan there. Fair enough, that's the first no, no, episode, the first offensive. shot of the episode <laughs> it's, not,
0: it's not offensive. I am talking about in terms of the head, the, head, the head Oh All right, okay. So, so just from the
1: head above. I mean there was plenty of bald people you could have picked The Rock, Vin Diesel, Jason Statham, but we went with Vincent D'Onofrio.
0: <laughs> the thing with the, the Rock is um like he's proper bald, isn't it? Not The Rock. Vin Diesel's proper bald, isn't he? so Actually, no, it's not it's no, that's not him now. Oh no, hold on. I'm gonna be cutting a lot of this out, don't worry. Um, I'm gonna to have to find out. It's it's Vincent D'Onofrio, but um it's Vincent D'Onofrio, full metal jacket. That's yeah, the vibe okay. you're giving me. Yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, I know who you mean, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll take that one as well, to be fair. Cause yeah, you've shaved it, but you've you've almost got like the five o'clock shadow but on the top of your head if you know. Yeah, yeah, that, basically, so. yeah,
1: yeah. That's a really good comparison. <laughs> really good
0: comparison <laughs> right the The only thing for me I want us to kind of get stuck into this episode, but the casting views injury curse has struck me this week. i uh turned over on my ankle last week, and it fucking hurts like a good one at the moment, <laughs> so where I work now they've got a um they're next to this lake, and it's really nice, so I go out for a walk every day. And on Friday, I went with a colleague and she goes, "Oh, I could show you a longer walk if you want so went on this longer walk and it's cutting through like the parks you're over a field and you know it's on muddy and it and it rained the day before so and there's twigs everywhere and I don't know what it was, but we were ever such a slight and when I say slight downhill gradient, I'm talking about like a, a a marble wouldn't even roll down it it was that slight, but me being me I put my my foot down and it just went right under me so you know the knuckle of the ankle it yeah. scra- scraped on the floor.
1: So have you sought like proper medical assistance for this yet or no?
0: Not yet so this was on Friday we're recording Monday it's puffed up like a good so I've got an ice pack and it's starting to bruise quite a bit now but we'll, <laughs> we'll see we'll see. It definitely
1: sounds sprained I don't know if there's any treatment for a sprained ankle or if it's just resting some ice.
0: I was worried that I might have I know it sounds bizarre but my partner she broke her ankle by tripping over a tree root. And I heard a noise. Now I'm I'm thinking it was a twig or something when I did it. So I don't think I've broken it. I'm not saying that. But yeah, it's it's not gone the nicest of colours at the moment. So the casting views again hits us. So
1: <laughs> More broken bones, more illness. Yeah.
0: Actually before we get on no need to pretend we're a game show this week so we're not talking about that although there's you could say there's similarity so we're yeah. going to hear from some friends first um we're going to hear from Antonio I've called him this number of times the busiest man in podcasting you can hear him on the cultworthy the cultworthy classic and his latest milf and me which is about relationships it's a brilliant podcast make sure you listen to it but let's hear from Antonio now
1: the cult worthy classic a cinema podcast dedicated to obscure films and cult classics made before 1970 join me antonio palacios weekly on all listening platforms or at the cultworthy.com the cult worthy classic we're bringing the classics back
0: and we're back so lou we want to talk about for an episode possibly two we want to talk about gambling and betting don't we We do. Gambling and betting.
1: I I guess you'll probably run through how we'll kind of tackle this subject.
0: I I had a couple of approaches to it. But before we get into it properly, unlike normally, we're probably not going to go down the real sort of darker side of it. So I can appreciate that for some people. Gambling is an addiction and it might be a serious thing for them. We're not really going to tackle that as such. I think we're going to talk about some of the things that might lead to that. There are plenty of places to get help if you or anyone you do know. So I just wanted to say this right at the start. In England, you can go to BeGamblerWare.org and in America, you've got GamblersAnonymous.org. But yeah, we kind of wanted to talk about the subject as a whole, didn't we?
1: Yeah yeah kind of more general kind of what how gambling's changed like evolved that sort of thing I think and then maybe some kind of instances of like maybe the silly or obnoxious things that have happened as a result of of gambling.
0: Let's have a go at this one talking about our experiences with gambling and I've got some facts around some big losers and big winners and maybe we'll see how we go second episode we can have a look at because I've picked up some really random things you can bet on so let's see how we go on this but tell what I'm going to throw it over to you first what's your experience with betting do you have you done it do you do it now and what do you consider betting I guess also yeah, I think gambling's changed even really drastically, probably
1: since like the 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 age where I could legally gamble. So I would say that your earliest experience of gambling is probably like at sixteen, you can buy a lottery ticket. Because I would consider that you are paying money for a chance at winning, completely randomised odds, obviously astronomical odds. So I would consider that lottery tickets are probably uh, a form of gambling. Um, I've been horse racing once. Um, again, a little bit of a novelty. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I I turned around when I went there and I said to myself, I was like, look, gambling's obviously like, ingrained into horse racing that's what it is basically it's just an excuse to gamble really horse racing I don't know people that that prefer the horse racing comparatively to the betting on the horses but yeah in that instance I kind of just took I think it was a hundred pounds and I thought this is what my day is going to cost me so that's the amount of money that I'm just willing to lose and I would be fine that's it basically so I think like I've always set limits but in terms of like you know there's people that put accumulators on football every weekend never really done that i don't think i've ever bet on football to be honest with you i don't think i've really ever bet on sport i buy a lottery ticket probably once a week but apart from that i don't really have um have a proper real experience with gambling i've been in this casino and
0: watched a casino but i didn't sit down and spend money in there i just sat at the bar (laughs) well you don't have to give figures but how did you do at the horse racing Oh no! I lost
1: all the hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that shit was way harder than I thought it would be. I thought to myself, I was like, you know, television makes this look so fucking easy. Um, turns out that Homestead or whatever the fucking horse I bet on in the, <laughs> in the third race decided to fall over at the first uh, first <laughs> length. So um, yeah, no, I, I didn't do particularly well with horse racing. But for me, that was more so. I'm doing that because it's a day out comparatively to like, let's say that I went out because because it was for an event. It was for a birthday. If I'm doing that versus going on a night out in London, I've probably still spent less money at the horse racing, even though I've like wasted £100, as opposed to going out and spending 50 quid to get into a nightclub or something in London and then £23.50 on every drink that you buy. So, but that wouldn't be something that was really regular for me, but no, I didn't do very well. I've also never won the lottery, so that's never really (laughs) panned out for me either. Um, Could you
0: see why it could be fun? to do when you're at the event could you see how or or, sorry let me rephrase that rephrase that could you see how you could get caught up in it when you're at the event yeah absolutely because I think after the first two races I was actually I think this is this is what makes
1: it even worse after the first two races I actually think I was 150 pounds up okay so I'd won the first two races and then on the third one. So I basically turned around and said my initial investment is what I'm willing to lose to have fun today. So then yeah. I turned around. I was just like, I'm just going to spread whatever I have in my pocket at the time across all of the races and just see what happens. But yeah, I can understand it because it's a little bit of a thrill, isn't it? And I think that's what it is. It's like that hit of dopamine, like oh, I won from the first two. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, must must win the third one as well, because I am on a roll and I'm really lucky. And this is the way it's going to be. But yeah, I, I I can really understand it. Obviously, you know, there's there's bookies that are set up with different odds, and so people go scanning around, thinking, "Oh, well, I'd make X amount of money with that bookie if this horse won, and X amount of money there." But again, I think the same the similar thing for casinos, isn't it? It's like the flashing lights, the the, yeah. the noises that you get when you win. It's a little bit like you know, basic level reward. It's like, do you know when like you give a dog a treat? for turning around and like having a good behavior that's (laughs) really in effect what like casinos horse racing all of these like gambling like traditional gambling establishments at least um that's really what they are they're
0: just rewarding you for the behavior that they want to see repeated see i've got something to say on that as well but with me i was do you know the funny thing was i was gonna say i've never really gambled but you know you you made a good point i've done the lottery for 10-15 years that is gambling ultimately i've been on fruit machines they're they're gambling in terms of what we would say the old school betting and gambling i never really did um so i was i've never really done the horses the you you know we've got the grand national here that it was a bit one-off event and i think it's not so big anymore i don't think but it was kind of in the 90s it was it was it was huge and i remember my dad's shop you know the family business was next to a betting office and so, you know, my dad would go around and I would say, well, oh, I put a pound on this horse. But my my betting knowledge was purely either closing my eyes and putting my finger on the page or picking the horse that had the funniest name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really the only sort of old school betting I would do. The funny thing is, right, is now what you were saying at the end about all the flashing lights, I, I think the move to online was on behalf of the betting companies – huge or or a brilliant idea in terms of capturing so many more people because as I said the shop the 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 family shop was next to this betting office and sometimes I'd have to go in there to get change my dad would say oh can you go get some change from them I'd go in there and it was the most depressing place I'd ever been into there's no windows it's all dark yeah I don't know what you call them but the, the cashiers the bookies are all behind light shutters there's ripped up betting slips on the floor the place this was back in the day when you could smoke inside it was there was just a thick stench of smoke in here people looking really pissed off <laughs> cuz they've lost everything and that's maybe that helped me decide that i actually wasn't going to gamble i don't i don't know I don't know. Yeah,
1: it is true. Like the 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 traditional like bookies, and I imagine the place was probably smashed up every like six months, wasn't it? Like there was fruit, there drum, were, there were um, quite a few
0: armed robberies yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. I mean.
1: but yeah. I think like the traditional bookmakers and and yeah it had a really like dingy undertone to it, wasn't it? Like again, even but even now you walk into bookies and they're all the same. Again, like you said, no windows. The front are always blanked out because they put posters over the windows, so you don't know. Because you walk in after work and it's five o'clock. And it's still sunny. If you turn around and saw it get dark and it's nine o'clock, you turn around and think, fucking hell, I've been in here for four hours. You'd walk out, but you don't until yeah. it's closing time because you've got no idea how long you've spent there. And that's really what the idea is behind all of these places, yeah. you
0: know, extended casino's know, and that sort of thing. But you know what? Another funny thing was that probably does resonate with me. So we had a, a fast food shop takeaway and there was this guy, I'll never forget him on a Saturday. He would come by and he would come in and because the shop shut at two o'clock, our shop shut at two o'clock for a, for a couple of hours in the afternoon. And this guy would come in and pay for his food in advance because he knew the likelihood would be that when he came out of the betting office, he wouldn't have that money. So he would order his food up front to make yeah. sure he paid for that. So on the way back, he could just walk walk out, collect his food he's paid for. And I just, yeah, the, I mean, fair play to him for thinking ahead but it's also quite depressing that he had to think ahead like that
1: yeah is that is that like when you're accepting that as like a stark reality because it's evidently been such a theme is there not something that triggers that thinks maybe there is a little bit of an issue here? but then I guess people don't see it like that do they because but again at the same time I couldn't like let's say that I was at university I go out at a weekend and spend you know 80 quid on a weekend turning around and going out and getting drunk if somebody turns around and wants to go in a bookies on a Saturday and spend a hundred quid because that's their vice and that's what they want to do and they just wanna like piss the hundred quid away like I would in the pub for instance, or used to do in the pub, maybe, what Do can I begrudge them for it? No, not really. So I guess it kind of depends the way in which you view it. Because if that's just what his routine was, because he just enjoyed spending a couple of hours in the bookies, because he might have had a mate in there that they just used to sit on some fruit machines for and just knock 50 quid away for the sake of, I can't really begrudge that too much. I guess it's to the extent of like, you know, where's the line between that being acceptable and that being like a problem?
0: Absolutely. As we said at the start, obviously, for some people, it might go too far in its addiction. But I still think you can enjoy gambling Yeah, because there are so many things now. I've been to a number of casinos. You know, I've been, fortunate I've been to Vegas now. When I went there, me and my other half, we intentionally made sure we didn't, We, you know, we're not gamblers anyway, but we didn't want to lose loads. We took, I don't know, we split, say, $100 between us and she went off. She loved to do the roulette. And I didn't want to do that. I I just wanted to go on the the fruit machines because, like you said, the lights were flashing and attracted me. (laughs) We had fun. So I think you can absolutely have fun. And there's so many different things now, like you've got online gaming. There's bingo. Yeah. What you said about the flashing lights, the thing that really made me realize how gambling had changed was, you know, there's a number of websites where... You can get money if you sign up to this they'll, they'll and spend a fiver here. They'll put £10 in your account or you oh, get yeah. cash back, things like that. There was this one site, I'll never forget, I, I got quite, you know, I was able to get a bit of money back from it. And one was, it was like, um, put a tenner into this bingo site and they'll give you 20 quid. So ultimately you were getting like 20 quid, uh, you know, extra. So I thought, hey, do you know, what I'll have a go. And I did it. And I actually, as a one-off, I won a a little bit of money on it. But I was just amazed that you didn't even have to do anything because you could select an option. It would tick the numbers off for you. And all you were doing was watching these numbers flash and these arcade sounds go off when you won something or if you tick the number and these little explosions of like ticker tape on the screen. And I'm like, this is just geared to, what's the word, to get me buzzing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 percent
1: it is mental isn't it because that's like the rewards that you're getting like the way that everything's set up and it's like again like you said even on your phone and stuff like there's apps like i remember turning around and i think somebody did like a they were watching some horse racing and they turned around and they enticed me into turning around and being like no just put 20 quid on well because it was on television and they were just like we'll just show you how it works i was like fine so i think i downloaded like a william hill or something like that and i put 20 quid on but like on there there's options to do like just roulette wheels and stuff so you can literally just throw whatever it is on a roulette wheel and just spin a virtual roulette wheel and then i was just like what on earth is going on with this so i turned around i think i put my 20 quid in i think i spent a fiver, and then cashed out my 15 pounds
0: (laughs) i right I'm not doing this bullshit again <laughs> that's like me it's like if I've got a tenner and then I win 20 quid I'm like yep, yeah, cash out yeah, yeah I'm like that's me. I'm loaded and I walk around like I've bought the place <laughs> like...
1: yeah but do you know what as well kind of going back to the point that you made about you can enjoy gambling I think you can enjoy gambling but I think it's on one specific provision you can enjoy gambling on the basis that you know you're going to lose whatever money you have in your pocket so whatever amount of money you're willing to put down on a table you can have fun on the basis that you're losing it. That's how you can have fun. If you're going into gambling, you know, and I think it's a little bit different because I think there are some levels of gambling that are different. So like some table games, you win money from other people. You sit down and you play poker. Ultimately, there's a level of skill involved because you're also winning money from others. But if you're sitting down to either play like table casino games or go and watch the horses or dog racing or football or, or betting on whatever sport it might be, you can have a good time if you accept that you're losing whatever you've decided to spend. As if that isn't the, the way that you're going into it, you won't have fun. Yeah,
0: that's a really, really good point, actually, you've made there. Differentiation between you can enjoy it if you're either competing, and like I said, yeah, card games are the, are the key thing there, like poker, yeah. or with other things like fruit machines or online games, if you're enjoying the fun aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Because people go out, and if you said to someone, "Oh, I've I've just lost a hundred quid on a on a roulette wheel," people will look at you and think crazy. But there are some people that will spend that on drinks. Yeah, yeah, and and they'll they'll it's get normal, drunk. Right? They'll end up throwing up in the toilet when they get home. And you know what's the difference, almost?
1: Yeah, this is what I mean. And again, you know, I I don't mind if whatever a person's vice is, you know, a person might turn around and drink, or they might gamble, or they might smoke, or whatever it is, fine. Do whatever you want to do. But again, the acceptance for you, like having fun doing X thing is like, okay, if you want to go out and get absolutely hammered, it's on the acceptance of the basis that you're going to have a hangover. If you're going to go out and smoke, it's on the acceptance of the basis that, yeah, get your nicotine high, but you might get cancer 20 years from now. If you're going to go out and gamble, it's like, yeah, go go and have fun gambling, do whatever you want to do. But you have to have an acceptance that you're going to lose the money in your pocket. And as long as you can accept the, the kind of like provisions that come with it, I think you can genuinely have a really good time doing all of the bad vices in life, I guess. It's just all about moderation, though, isn't it? Because yeah. it's like if you make if you make fifteen hundred pounds in a month, don't turn around and go and put nine hundred pounds down. The pub in the fruit machines every every month because that is definitely not going to promote fun. If you go for a drink and want to put a tenner in the machine just because you and your mates having a laugh on the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire quiz, go for it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? This and I think that's really the key difference, isn't it? It's it's you know, I think if I think the do you know we talked a little bit about addiction. I think addiction comes on the basis that you are getting something else from gambling. And that other thing is making money. I think that's where you get kind of the problem starts. I think the line of thinking changes when you think about gambling in that respect.
0: Yeah. And I think you can allow yourself to do that on the competitive game. So like your card games, because there is that skill aspect. I won't go necessarily too into details, but I had a friend who was addicted to the fruit machines and he would put so much money into them. To a point where you think, even if you do win now, you're only going to get a fraction of it. Yeah. So, the fruit machine says you can't. There used to be, a, there is, a, or there used to be anyway, a pattern and you could spot it, but you you couldn't force that pattern to happen. Yeah. So, me and my mate, when we went, another mate, we would go quids in. So each of us put a quid in. We'd probably put a fiver each in. So at most we put a tenner, and we'd walk away, get another drink, and and walk away. But the thing that fascinates me, though, about gambling is, I think I'm really conservative with, I think the small C is what you say in terms of. I would be horrified if I lost more than I was extremely comfortable to lose. Yeah, so, like yeah. I said, to you, when we went to when I went to Vegas years ago, we split fifty between us, and you know we were on the roulette wheel. She was putting just a few dollars each time to make it last because she was having the fun of playing that game in a casino. But we sat there. And the amount of people that came by in the space of 15 minutes, I'm not joking. One woman came by $200 all on red, comes up black. She just walks off. Yeah. Another guy, $300 on red, please, comes up black. He walks off. Another guy just puts an envelope on there, and he said it's like $500, and he lost. And it's like, I couldn't even imagine. The fact of doing it in in the spin of a wheel, like probably 60 seconds from putting that money down to losing like a month's pace you know yeah. or, or almost half a month's pay.
1: i actually do you know what it is as well because you can see it i think so I, i've only been in a casino i think twice in my lifetime again not really places for me and i went i, I was in one in the liverpool area i won't be specific with where it was you know <laughs> yeah, i want to keep it anonymous and i walked in and again the only thing i did in there was have a drink at the bar because i was like i don't know really what the fuck i'm doing in here, but i'm not going to spend any money in here but you know whatever it is because the house always wins obviously but I did go around and watch just some of the table games that were going on. So they actually had like a poker tournament going on in there. Um, and you could just go in and just spectate, I guess, and just sit, you know, at a little bit of a distance away from the table. So you watched them play, which is fine. And then there was a roulette table. There was one chap at roulette table and he was literally taking a £50 note out of his pocket, putting it on the table, five £10 chips. And he went one number, one number, one number, one number, one number, lost. Another £50 note, ten, five chips, lost. 50 pound note five chips lost 50 pound 50 pound 50 pound i must have seen him spend about 13 1400 pounds in what was honestly about 10 minutes i i genuinely and all it was was another note out of his pocket another note out of his pocket he didn't hit a number once in the 10 minutes that i spectated And there must have been what at the time probably would have been my monthly salary going down the fucking drain. And I just thought to myself, I was like, this isn't like what, what, what is the purpose behind this exactly? Because again, it's like what you said about winning. It's like, okay, so he can hit one of these numbers at 32 to one now. So it's 32 times his 50 pounds. But the amount of money that he's going to have to put in just to hit that number once is immaterial anyway. So he's not winning in the long run regardless. Exactly. exactly. Because also it's not, it was 10 pound chips. So it's like, okay, so he's winning (laughs) 320 pound back or 380 pound back or whatever it is on the one spin but that's brilliant because i've just seen him put 1400 pounds down the drain already and i've only been here for 10 minutes probably been in here for 45 before this and i just thought to myself i was like that's you know i don't know whether or not that there needs to be do you know like casinos whether there needs to literally be in casinos a independent um like welfare person do you know like did that per did that person at this casino that i was in did he need a tap on the shoulder just to say, look, you know, is, is mm. it's a stupid. You can't ask a stranger, are you comfortable losing that amount of money? Because he might be, he might have 50 million quid in the bank and he just comes to piss away money because he just enjoys sitting in the casino. I don't know. But at the same time, is what element of like responsibility is there when you see somebody who's like potentially taking a turn and being like, does that person just need a tap on the shoulder to make re- and realize where they are? I don't know. He probably would have just told me to get fucked. But you know, <laughs> uh, maybe I should have done my bit. I don't. I don't know. It was a strange one for me.
0: It's a hard one because I can see what you're saying, but in the end, everyone there is an adult. Yeah. And like I said, you you don't know what it is. It he he could be absolutely that could have been pocket money to him. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I mean. Yeah. You know, and and it's like it's it's funny to us because, like I said, I made fifty dollars last me an hour or two hours that person put down six times that amount in yeah. 20 seconds and he's fine with that you know they it's not like they started screaming they just walked off it's like oh well it's, it's gone like back I'm, to get more chips. <laughs> it's, it's like i've dropped five pounds on the floor and just walked <laughs> off what's your take on do we think with it being more online that you know there is a is a an attempt to try get younger people now and I'm going to say it I think again the gambling of old not exclusively but was predominantly a- aimed at the older male probably like the working class male yeah. and it was it would be them they would go after a week's work to lose money but now anyone anywhere almost any age can gamble on something
1: yeah I think so this is my take on it I think that there used to be more checks and balances. So again, when we look at like the changing nature of what gambling was, you know, if you're in the 80s, you needed to walk into a casino or the 90s or even the early 2000s. In reality, you needed to walk into a casino. You needed to show your ID at the door you needed to sit at a table, physically turn around and take money with you, right, to turn around and put on a table. So once your 500 quid had gone out of your pocket, that's it, you know, there was probably a cash machine inside. But you know, to an extent, there was more checks and balances, because you saw that 500 pounds leave you. The way that gambling's changed now is with the ability to do everything online. And even when you walk into casinos, I actually think you can do most things with just like card and like credit, basically, hmm. you there's less of a check and a balance. So like, have you ever created an online gambling account? Oh, yeah, you did with the bingo thing they've
0: been well yeah but that this was like 20 years ago the only one I would say I've got is the count with the national lottery I've I've never done one with the football and I'd like to because that looks like fun when you're trying to guess some of the accumulators I know I don't want to because sometimes even with the lottery I might say do you know what I'll stick an extra five on and I'll play some of the instant win games
1: yeah yeah (laughs) you
0: know and I think with the football one it's just far too easy yeah. And the luck we have with picking our football teams,
1: I, yeah, this is very yeah, very, very, <laughs> I don't know very nothing true. about football.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
1: I think that there's less like checks and balances. So like when I created that, like William Hill account or whoever it was, I can't remember, you know, there are other gambling operators available. It was so easy. Like it was literally just a an account. You turn around and put a card and link it to it. Um, I can't remember what level of ID check there was, but it opened my account immediately. So I don't know if I had to like scan an ID or something. But again, could you do that if you just nicked somebody's ID like people do to get into clubs and that sort of thing now? And that's it. All of a sudden, your card's linked. And the the thing is as well, the companies will have you believe that they'll turn around and be like, oh yeah, you can set limits, you can do this. If you don't want to set a fucking limit, you won't, will you? So the ability to set a limit is fucking immaterial. What they should turn around and say is, how much do you make in a month? realistically you are able to spend x so this is what your limit is if we wanted to have genuine welfare for people that were gambling, that's really the way that we would do it. We would be means based, but we don't do that. We turn around and say, oh yeah, well, we've got the ability to set limits and we've got the ability to do this. It's like when you're a kid and you've got an Xbox, it's like, oh yeah, you've got the ability to set a timer. It's like, no, but I don't want a fucking timer because I want to spend as much time as I can on this. Again, there's no checks whatsoever in order to be able, like there's mu- There's so fewer checks and balances And again, the level at which you can spend money, because then it's a card that is linked to your account. So then when you're turning around and saying, oh, I'll put another 50 quid on, I'll put 200 quid on, I'll put 500 quid on, that money is not passing through your hand, and I'm being very visual with Dan and holding my hands up now, Yeah, yeah. it's not passing through your hand through a gate to a cashier who's then giving you 500 pound worth of chips like they would have done in a casino or whatever it might be. That is just a number on a screen to you. It's like nothing. It's almost like, you know, when people said that they have trouble now because contactless cards mean that they literally just tap away and they just don't realise what they're spending. It's the same effect as that. You lose the value of what that amount actually means. Because if you saw £500 in front of you in £10 notes, would you turn around and be willing to turn around and just immediately transfer that into a betting account and have it blown because it's credit then? And also, again, the way in which, like, you know, casinos have done it the reason you use chips in casinos is because it's not real money you don't see the value tokens yeah it's a token and again like you know i we actually mentioned before this that i'm gonna go on to something now that i think has become a huge problem it's these gambling establishments have taken away a person's visual appreciation for what money actually is by making it look like something else
0: but before you go into what you're gonna say because i've got an inkling i know what it is you're spot on about the swapping money into other things. I would still say, in casinos, though, because each thing has a different value, I think that you can, well, it depends how sensible you are about it. You can bring yourself back down to remembering that th- this is money, but it is very clever because they're very tactile. Yeah. They're very colorful. Because two things, now, while not necessarily gambling, two things absolutely illustrate your point. One was, and I love Xbox, but you remember they used to have Xbox points. So when you wanted to buy a game, you would buy 800 points. I think it was for 10 pounds or whatever. And then you weren't spending the money in game with pounds. You were spending it with Microsoft points. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I went to one of these um, over here, this is going to sound really bizarre, but stay with me. It was like one of these medieval recreation days. And when you went in, You couldn't use pounds and pence, no, because forsooth, verily, that is money from the future. You had to exchange it for these little silver and gold coins that were whatever they were, shillings and and whatever it was back in the day. So you weren't using real money. And again, I can only think it's so people when they're there with family, they're handing over these fake coins, forgetting that it was actually real.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they had to pay real money for it. The only thing that I would excuse is obviously with casinos, I think it's a little bit different because the whole chips thing has been there for years and ultimately chips were originally exchanged with cash. That's what it was. So you still had to take $1,000 to a counter and then get $1,000 worth of chips back. The only reason now casinos are more dangerous is because you can pay for those chips on your card So, again, you're losing the value of what seeing that money actually is. Because, again, if I laid a £1,000 out in front of you, but just put your debit card or your credit card next to it, you look at those two things very, very differently. And, again, you know, we look at casinos or gambling sites or even these these companies like Microsoft. They have entirety – we know because they've told us before – they have entire teams set up to make these things addictive. How do they make them addictive? We change people's perception of what they are. And again, that's what it is, isn't it? It's like the difference between having a a, a mindset that might have become problematic with gambling is the difference between looking at gambling like you're having fun and willing to lose money versus looking at gambling as with the intention of going in i'm winning money it's the change of perception that makes it dangerous so that's the thing with casinos with these online virtual currencies with chips with all these points whatever it might be on any said site it's the change of perception that is used to make it more dangerous for the end user but obviously more profitable for the organization
0: yeah now sorry you were gonna go on to something you said
1: yes so we originally started about gambling turning around and being promoted towards younger people didn't we so obviously, me and you. Well, I'm I'm a little bit less of a gamer now. I pl- hop on for an occasional game of FIFA or Call of Duty now, and you know we we. But we we did at one point really really love gaming. I, I still do. I still yeah, yeah. do. Big kid,
0: <laughs> big kid. Yeah.
1: Um, But obviously with the digital age um, and the age of like downloadable content and that sort of thing, we've seen more and more often like digital downloads become a more and more um, invasive thing. I would say I would call it invasive into gaming. So when you look at particularly popular game franchises, like FIFA is a huge one. Um, Call yeah. of Duty was one and Call of Duty had their whole loot box scandal. Oh,
0: the loot so, boxes,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah Call yeah. of Duty loot boxes. I don't know which Call of Duty it was that introduced them, but I think it was one of the ones where people started floating about and jumping and flying in space and shit like that. <laughs> so one of the ones that I didn't play, and then I think World War Two was pretty bad with it. Um so what you could do in this game is again spend real life money on Call of Duty points. And then buy loot boxes of Call of Duty with Call of Duty points that gave you like items in games. So I don't know if it was like camouflages for guns or whatever it might be. The problem with this is that whilst Call of Duty is an 18 plus game and it should only be 18 year old plus playing it. We know for a fact that so many kids have access to Call of Duty. If you've ever been in a Call of Duty lobby and anybody's got a microphone. When was the last time you remember like hearing another adult voice? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And FIFA, especially. So I think FIFA is like a Peggy Eight or something like that game. So I think it's like eight plus or something. And they've got FIFA points again, haven't they? Yeah. So their Ultimate Team Series has had FIFA points now for, I think, eight or nine years. Um, originally again we talked about it if you wanted to buy a pack in fifa ultimate team so just for context for people that don't know fifa ultimate team is a football game mode and you can spend real life money to like build a team full of real life players and then play football matches with said team and you can spend money to buy like a pack almost like a sticker pack and what you do is you get random players in it randomized pack of players randomized originally, in its original iteration, you did have to spend actual money. So I think a pack or premium pack was like £2.49. They then introduced FIFA points. So then per pack, you were spending £2.49. Then after that, you're spending 150 FIFA points. And again, the change in perception and the continued success and growth of FIFA Ultimate Team has to be for the way in which they've created the system that changes people's perception of what these things are and also the other concerning thing about it is that fifa is a, a game for kids it's a football game there is no blood there is no gore it's kids that want to play with their favorite stars and it's kids that just want to indulge in like some mindless fun on an xbox or whatever it mm-hmm. might be but it is ultimately gambling now They got involved in a scandal, do you remember, a couple of years ago where they had to then publish the rates, like what particular items you would get in packs and Call of Duty also had to do it as well. So if you are telling me that you are spending money on a random
0: thing, if you liken that to a lottery ticket, it's no different, is it? Well, that's what I was going to say. The thing, the reason why they had to put on the odds of what they would get is because... I think it was in Belgium, wasn't it? They classified it as gambling. And if you now look at the lottery website, even for the instant games, it tells you what your odds of winning is. So for this, it's one in 2.58. So therefore, it is gambling. Yeah. The funny thing about this, the whole FIFA thing is, I think it's important to say you, in theory, don't need to spend money. Yeah, in theory. Yeah. However, we know that, to do that you have to really play it. you've got to grind you've got to you've got to play it and have a lot of luck whereas it's I'm not saying it's pay to win but if you want those big players you, or or you want to advance quickly you will be buying packs and again it's addictive because it's not just you spend 800 points on whatever the pack appears there's all fireworks that go off doesn't it and it shows you each pack has got one main player in it and it will it will do the badge first of the country then it will yeah. have the club it really teases it out. It's like a long unveiling and then the player walk out and there's that adrenaline rush because you might have packed Messi, you might yeah. have packed Ronaldo. No, I've probably got Peter Crouch, but that doesn't <laughs> matter. And also, the thing I don't like, and we're going to tie it into an episode, another episode we've done about social media. I'm not gonna, we're not going to talk about the names either, but there was a whole industry of Twitch streamers their whole thing was buying and, un- and opening these packs, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And I think a couple of them, there was something dodgy that they were doing, but like I said, won't necessarily go into it, but it was about feeding that addiction. So even when you're not playing the game, or if you weren't overly sure, you could watch that and get hyped on the excitement yeah. of people, like I said, packing uh, Ronaldo. Yeah. And,
1: and that's what it is like. Ultimately, again, like there's no such bad thing as bad publicity. So, again, it's like what you say, isn't it? It's like feeding into the perception because the YouTubers that make money off of the content to then feed the addiction that they probably have buying these packs ultimately gives EA Sports the ability to turn around and gain good publicity because then people are watching these people getting their feed. And then again, they're still changing the perception. So like, that person can do it. I can do it. Yeah. And again, this is what it is. It's 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 all re- in reality. It's all really clever psychology because that's all these things are when you look at it. But again, you know, you could draw comparisons and I would implore you to go and watch like a, a FIFA pack opening because you can draw comparisons between like a roulette machine going off or like a, do you know, like a, what are the pool? machines yeah the fruit machines the one yeah, on bandits fruit, like fruit machines or do you know the ones that you get in vegas where you pull a lever and it goes ching ching or whatever it is i don't know those machines there there is a real comparison between that because the fireworks go off when you get FIFA a player have done that's done it good. really yeah. well they've done it so slick yeah honestly it is unbelievable when you look at it and how this isn't more heavily legislated i really don't know leading on from that obviously gambling and gambling in kids a big problem that i've had with modern day gambling especially is the way in which it's advertised. So if I were to ask you yeah. when the last time you saw an advert for cigarettes was on television or on a bus stop or whenever it was, when would that be? Well that got outlawed years ago, didn't it? it? Did. If I was to ask you when you last saw an advert before nine o'clock for alcohol on television. I think you do see the occasional one, but they're much more heavily regulated.
0: Yeah, it'd be very uh tongue in cheek if it was very innocuous. Yeah. 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 Now, when do you see gambling adverts? Well, yeah, this is a really good point. You see it all the time, and the thing is, it's especially linked to sport over here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the same if you're in America, let's know, but here you've even got during the half time break Ray yeah, winston yeah, will come yeah. on and tell you the odds at that time during the game on who the next who the next goal score is going to be. It's I find betting and like betting companies sponsoring teams and sponsoring football i can't get my head around that i don't think it should be allowed
1: yeah i agree this is my big problem and i've had a a big problem with gambling sponsors for a long while now now my big issue with it is because football is a sport enjoyed by everyone right if you watch the fa cup or the or the champions league or the premier league or whatever it is and you pay a subscription children go to football yeah Children aren't outlawed at football. Children can go to football games. Children can watch football on television, can't they? So why in the fuck are we bombarded with adverts before the game starts, next top, not next goal scorer, Erling Haaland... Two to one, next goal scorer, Killian Mbappe, three to one, next goal scorer, how many corners are we going to get the next half? Then at half time, like you said, we get live updates on the odds. Then after the game finishes, we get the odds on the next game. Then in the ground, right, you get banner ads around the stadium on the billboards. Yeah, yeah, so when yeah. you're watching the game live, you can see Bet 365 or Paddy Power or William Hill. Again, other gambling operators are available. I wouldn't recommend using any of them. Are popping up in the pitch, right? Then on the bastard shirts, right, that the players are wearing, I think, what is it, 12 of the 20 Premier League
0: teams are sponsored by um, gambling companies. Yeah, and and while you're looking at that, do you know, I think I know also why I don't like it, is because historically there have been so many issues of players either being addicted to gambling, the football footballers themselves, or being involved in illegal activities, because for betting, they shouldn't be partaking in as a player. It just feels... The betting companies and football it just feels like they're in bed with each other and I don't like that and you know what and that's
1: what's really really sick in reality and, and the fact that it's just an acceptable thing in my mind and that we've just turned around and thought oh you know what this is just the way it is and sorry I've just got the stats on it so in 2021 to 22 so it's not this cu- this current season but I think it's actually worse this season nine of the 20 sponsors were gambling sponsors So betting, gambling and game or gaming, like gambling, basically, that is a fucking piss take in my mind. And you know what? Right. This subject actually does really trigger me because what are we doing? Like we wouldn't allow Marlborough to go on the front of a football shirt, would we? Not anymore, no, no. We wouldn't. And why is that? Because we don't want to promote cigarettes to people just generally, and we also don't want to promote cigarettes to kids specifically. The whole reason we turned around and decided to put big boards in supermarkets, so for anybody that doesn't know, we had a packaging ban in the UK on cigarettes and tobacco. So previously, whereas cigarettes would be in bright, shiny packaging and, you know, uh, all of these different colours, they all went into standard, what are they now, like grey boxes, basically. And they've all got like... Pictures of, people, picture, yeah, yeah. pictures of people with cancer or with limbs falling off legitimately all on every single packet so there's no differentiation and then in supermarkets they are no longer on show they are behind screens that are opaque so you can't see them so you specifically have to go to a counter ask a person who will then go behind the screen to get whatever you want why did we do that Because we didn't want to promote it to kids because we realised putting cigarettes in bright gold packets or silver packets or neon blue packets was something that would turn around and potentially get children interested. Because what do we do with kids' toys? We make them the same colours. What do we do with all... Yeah, but do
0: you know the the hypocrisy about that, though, is because we still got booze. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, visible. And booze was a big sponsor. I'm, I, I don't think it's necessarily, but I don't think you have alcohol sponsor football anymore. Like, yeah, well, Tottenham used to be sponsored by Holston, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Carling was the Premier League. Yeah, Liverpool had Carling as well. was it Carlsberg? It's a hypocrisy. I'm not saying the banning of cigarettes. We're going down a whole other topic, but I'm not saying that the, the, the banning of cigarettes, because I ne- I've never smoked. But you know what? I do miss the old cigarette advertising on the the old formula one cars yeah yeah we allow it for 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 alcohol and we allow it for betting and betting will happen whether they advertise it or not yeah that's the thing because you've got betting sites you've got twitter accounts that are set up for people to say follow me and i'll give you the you know the best odds or what i think are gonna win there are facebook groups set up for people to say right follow me and my bets or what i'm gonna do for the aka this weekend so it's, it, there, it is, yeah, it's the double standards, especially in a sport, football, which has been plagued by issues with gambling. Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. And this is the thing. And this is what the problem is. And nobody's turning around and holding it, anybody accountable for it. Like the gambling companies have got such a fucking stronghold over it. And when you think about sport, especially, football is the worst for it because it's true. What what stranglehold does, does gambling have over tennis? Yeah, you don't. You see it it. it at tennis? No, in, in terms of other sports here, we don't really ever see it with the Olympics. The Olympics is a huge event on for six weeks. Do we see gambling sponsors or do we see gambling adverts in between... The Olympics, no, and do you know why? It's because football is an audience that is predom- not predominantly, but is a, is a sport where kids come through. You love foot, you begin to love football when you were a child, don't you? The reason that we still stick by fucking Spurs, as disappointing as they are to watch <laughs> play football, right, is because we loved them when we were kids. That's what we were taught. When you're a kid now coming up through the system and you go and watch football with your dad or your mum or your grandfather or whoever it might be that takes you, you walk into a stadium and on the front of the shirt that you're wearing, that your favourite player wears, you've got Bet365. And then when you go in the ground, you see the banner adverts for Bet365, it becomes an association. And again, this is what it is, changing the perception. You're changing the perception to immediately link football and gambling together as if they go as one, as if gambling belongs there when it doesn't. And that's what my big problem is. What it does is it leads people into a hole that they don't realise they're even in because they've drawn a link between those two things when that link shouldn't be there to begin with. If you want to have bet booking stall, bookie stalls in football stadiums or betting adverts, you've got to have a fucking 18-plus only area. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Why are we turning around and in the family stand allowing kids to look around a stadium or a stand and see betting companies galore everywhere and all the adults that walk past them have betting sponsors on the front of the shirts? It takes the piss. It's not acceptable in my mind because, again, it's hypocrisy, isn't it? We wouldn't do that now with booze. We wouldn't do that now with cigarettes because, in my mind, if we're going to allow Bet365 or William Hill, why not put Marlborough or Benson and yeah. Hedges yeah. or or Smirnoff or whoever it might be on the front of shirt?
0: I want to, because I've, I've just had a look at the time, I kind of want to look at starting to wrap up. Something that I've just remembered, though, when you were ranting then against it is... I completely forgot, back in the day, you used to do the pools and spot the ball as well. Yeah. right? And that was actually from, you'd go to your news agent and they would, for the pools for people who didn't know, what it was was you just guessing whether each game, I think it was a selection of games from each division, whether it would be a home win, a way win or a draw. And you would just tick the boxes and you would get the form from your news agent to fill in. Likewise, spot the ball. It would be a photo of a game from years ago and they've airbrushed the football out and you had to put an x where you thought the ball was and again it's just easy gambling because you would just get it and it's like oh i'm just gonna in for the pools i'm just gonna put a tick here 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 for spot yeah. the ball i'm gonna put random x's and i think it was the amount of x's you put in win and they even then bought out for the if you were hardcore a little stamp ink stamp with like I can't remember if it was like 50 X's. So to make sure, because the X had to be right in the middle of the ball, wherever it was. So it it, it really packed in like 50 X's. So you could buy a little ink pad and this, this stamp to stamp on the picture to try and increase your chances. So there's been a history of trying to appeal to the non-gambler, which is, I think, maybe an analogy is like the alco pops for drinkers was to bring in non-drinkers into the alcohol field sorry before we kind of move on was there anything specific you wanted to say because i had some i just had some examples of big winners and big losers yeah yeah go
1: on then we'll go through some of the the amazing stories and some of the horror ones as
0: well so what's Gone down as possibly the biggest ever sports bet was a 71-year-old man who who scooped a 75 million dollars notorious better mattress Mac, whose real name is Jim Macking Mackingvale, stake bets worth 8.5 million pounds, uh, a 9.7 million dollars on Major League Baseball franchise the Houston Astros, with his victory being confirmed shortly after the bet the astros beat the philadelphia phillies 4-1 in game six of the world series to claim a 4-2 win in the series and land mackinville his massive payout two things there one don't get me started on the world series when it's only american (laughs) teams yes 75 million dollars in a single bet that is it's nuts really (laughs) yeah unbelievable Unbelievable. The next one I've got is an anonymous one, but one lucky punter became $14 million richer after placing a successful bet between, it's the same team, the LA Dodgers and the Houston Astros in the 2017 World Series. Uh, The gambler let it ride for up to six games in a series bets. Rumor has it the punter was Eastern European and younger than 30 years of age, and he was wagering across a number of bookies in Las Vegas. There's a few more, but I'll go on to losses. The biggest loss earner, or want of a better term, is a guy called Terence Watanabe. Now, allegedly, his total amount gambled overall is eight hundred twenty-five million dollars. Jesus, and he's incurred losses of one hundred twenty-seven million.
1: So I'm just. Can we just liken the fact that that person's gamble total gambling amount over the course of their lifetime is that comparable to like a small country's GDP? <laughs> I'd say
0: probably a couple, yeah, more than. His game of choice was Baccarat and Blackjack. And it said here, whether he was bored or wanted to try something new, Watanabe's gambling habits pushed him into more extreme scenarios year after year. In 2007, he incurred $127 million in losses after gambling over $825 million. He tried suing the casinos, but ultimately lost and was ordered to pay off his debt. Today, he's covered almost his entire debt, except for $15 million, in which he fa- for which he faced four felony charges back in 2009 and again in 2020. He could be sentenced to 28 years in prison if he fails to pay up. This guy is up the total amount gambled. He's uh, Harry Kakavas. Total amount gambled $1.43 billion. Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> but incurred no.
0: losses of 20.5 20. million and he's paid his debt in full. Over the course of 16 months, Kakavas played Baccarat at the Melbourne Crown Casino in Australia and spent a total of 1.43 billion between 2012 and 2013. So that was in a year. 1.43 <laughs> billion. How on earth? And he suffered losses of 20.5 million. While Kakavas had no trouble spending 16 months gambling, he certainly objected to the casino keeping the £20.5 lost. In a lawsuit, again, another one who's tried to sue, filed with the High Court of Australia, he claimed that the casino casino had exploited his pathological urge to gamble, which is a popular defence between famous gamblers who have lost it all. The presiding judge explained that Kakavas, if I'm saying it right, I hope I'm saying that name right, had shown rational decision-making and was able to act in his own best interest including the plaintiff's decision to refrain from gambling from time to time, which is an interesting one, isn't it? That they've taken that in. And I just want one more because the only reason I, I, I bring this, this one in is because it's the, it was one of the few examples of a female that I found. So okay. it's someone called Maureen O'Connor. She gambled, total amount gambled was $1 billion and losses of $13 million. She's paid her debt in full, and her game of choice was video poker. So to spend that on video poker, I find it strange. She, do you know what that is? That is like the old arcade games of poker.
1: Yeah, so like somebody actually like sits and there's like a dealer
0: in front of you, isn't it? Yeah. But you yeah. know what? I picked this one as well. No, so, well, in some games, you don't even get a dealer. It's just like a game. It's almost like a 1990s version of online poker. Oh, no way. <laughs> um, but you know what's interesting? She served as mayor of San Diego. Oh, wow. And her gambling habits quickly spiraled out of control. Uh, You could argue that where there is power, there is money. But in the case of Maureen O'Connor, her obsession took a turn for the worst. Yet compared with other unfortunate gamblers, she has done quite well in mitigating the risk. Perhaps something that politicians are hardwired to do. And again, I think it goes back to if they're gambling, she gambled a billion. The other guy, 1.43 billion. I mean, they've obviously got the money to do it. So who is anyone to tell them not to almost?
1: Yeah, these ones I almost kind of don't feel sorry for, because if you have the facility to spend a billion dollars gambling, then uh, my level of sympathy for you losing that money is like, well, could you not have like literally bought like, you know, any company in the world that was profitable? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) In my mind, it's like, you know, I I guess that's properly someone doing it for the thrill of just wanting to do it, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, so, okay, Luke. I think we will wrap it there. We've got a second part in us, which I think we'll try as much as possible. We'll probably keep on the lighter side of it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to say anything before we say goodbye? Or do you just want to say goodbye?
1: No, I hope. I'm glad that my Tottenham Hotspur doesn't use a gambling sponsor for their shirts. They use an investment firm. I think they're an investment firm. Does anybody actually know what A.I. A? I think they were
0: a financial. Yeah. We Probably some people won't be happy with the fact that it's banking anyway. there's all yeah. Serious yeah basically, <laughs>
1: basically what, we're, what we're actually saying is just ban all football shirt sponsors. That's what we want. Unless um, they're
0: casting views. We just can't pay you. Views.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If any football club wants to drop their Bet365 William Hill sponsor and have us on the front of their shirts instead, please do let us know. That would be fantastic.
0: Actually, we can't pay you, but you can go to our merch shop and pay for our shirts. You, you can yeah, actually yeah. pay for it. So, so I think that's a win-win.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Exactly, see? And you know what? Who who wouldn't buy a shirt with, with Casting Views not on it? With Who who
0: who would not want to buy a shirt with Casting Views faces yeah, on it? Yeah, I think there i got that one up. It's a little <laughs> bit late. My brain's getting there. <laughs> right, so we'll say goodnight. If you've liked what you heard or you, you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us at castingviewspod at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter at Casting Views. Please consider leaving a rating on the podcast platform you are listening to us on. And we know there are a lot of podcasts from which you can choose, so we thank you for listening to Casting Views. One, two, three, four. If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, check what we've got,
1: cause you need it. Don't make us get a spark and force feed it. Come on.